When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. You're listening to Slice of Cheese with Jenny Linford on Food FM. Savour the crunch of Peter's Yard sourdough crackers. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. Hello, welcome to A Slice of Cheese the Food FM radio series that celebrates the world of cheese. I'm Jenny Linford, a food writer and cheese enthusiast, the author of Great British Cheeses. Cheese is a delicious and fascinating food, and we're setting out to explore this remarkable food and share the stories of the people who make, sell and love it. Cheese is such a fascinating food, and there's so much to learn about it. We talk to people who are on a mission to share cheese knowledge. Alison Swant-Parente of the School of Artisan Food, Ros Windsor of the Cheese Academy, Janine Egan of the Cheese School of San Francisco, all the way in California, and cheese advocate Sam Wilkin. Online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Savour the crunch of Peter's Yard sourdough crackers. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. This morning on A Slice of Cheese, very happy to have with me today Alison Swan Parente of the School of Artisan Food in Nottinghamshire. Good morning, Alison. Good morning. <laughs> now, Alison, this whole episode is looking at cheese education and it's that really interesting issue is how do we find out about cheese? How do we learn about it? How do we learn to make cheese? That's a very crucial one, obviously. I talk to cheesemakers and, you know, when I hear some stories from the 80s, it was very hard to get access to information. So the School of Artisan food obviously you are offering very practical food courses including one on cheese making we are um we were founded really around the concept of fermentation and of course cheese was going to naturally come into that (laughs) wonderful yes how interesting i did a program recently on about microbes and the whole you know the hidden what's what we don't see with the naked eye until we start seeing molds appear which is absolutely fascinating Well, that's kind of central to cheese, isn't it? So tell me about the course. So if cheese was central to to the school, what do you offer students who are interested in learning about making cheese? Well, we offer all kinds of levels of courses, starting with home dairying, which is not just cheese, but it's butter and yogurt and kind of soft cheeses. And then we do uh, intermediate cheese courses, the kind of basic biology of uh, cheese making, and uh, making some much more simple cheeses. And we go right up to a very high level of cheese teaching, because, only because we're really lucky to have a very, very good cheese teacher who uh, this year is coming from Australia to teach cheese making. 
And who's that? That is Yvon Larcher or Ivan Larcher, depending on how you're feeling <laughs> that always, time. His <laughs> name and he's always been pronounced Larcher. Really funny. He's yes. French, I'm guessing, from the way. He's, yeah. he's yeah. very French. He comes oh, from uh, Normandy. Yes. Oh, fantastic. His name, that's so lovely that he's teaching it because his name has come up over my interviews I've been doing as, you know, often at a really key stage, giving really good advice and to budding. You know, it's that interesting step, isn't it? Because we have people who are becoming cheesemakers in Britain. And then how yes, do they do. go about it? And so presumably you must, your course must be really important in the sense that it's a practical cheesemaking course. That's that's much needed, isn't it? Uh, it is really, yes. I think when we started thinking about teaching cheese, we went to see a lot of people who were teaching cheesemaking. And they were mostly further education colleges, places that had been given a lot of cheese equipment by rather big industrial cheesemakers. Oh, right. So what they were teaching was how to push the buttons on industrial cheesemaking machines, mm. uh, which is definitely one sector of the cheese industry, but not one that I was particularly interested in. Uh, and in, in cheesemaking, I think that's more about farmhouse cheeses, probably. That's the way mm. to think about it. Yep. Because we don't really know what an artisan cheese is. An artisan is such a kind of amorphous word in a way. But with cheeses, it really is farmhouse cheeses. Interesting. And how, so the students come on your course, are they people, I was thinking about some of the more advanced ones, are they people who are literally going down that road where they want to set up as cheesemakers? And then do you see the results? Do you get students who then set up as cheesemakers? Yes, we do. We've got some fantastic ex-students. But we started off doing a one-year diploma in cheesemaking, which was incredibly ambitious. And we partly did it because there is this fantastic cheesemaker who I'm sure you've heard about a lot, Val Bynes. Have you heard about Val? So uh, Val, who had a lifetime of experience both in the farmhouse cheesemaking world and in the more industrial cheesemaking world, she, she really knew a lot about the dairy industry. And she as great luck would have it, uh, said that she would teach this one-year course in cheesemaking. So for that, the first two years, we had Val teaching, and then she retired. She always knew she was going to retire. But we had two years of a really, really interesting, very intensive cheesemaking mm. course. And some very good cheesemakers have come out of that. But that's, I mean, that must be very exciting for you then to actually to see the fruits of your labours, you know, in setting up the school and the course, you know, all the work that runs in, you know, that goes into behind scenes, into running courses, and the you know, huge amount of administration, apart from anything else. There are there wonderful moments where you eat a cheese that someone who was on a course has made and you're like, yes, I helped. Oh, make this yes, happen. of course there are. And, and it's, you know, cheese is so wonderful because you can never really know what's going to happen at the end of a cheese make. That's the good thing about farm house cheeses. Uh, the tastes and the processes are developing and we're not stopping them. I mean, that's really the difference between what we do and what an industrial cheesemaker will do. An industrial cheesemaker knows when uh, it's ready to go on the shelf. It knows, you know, how long it's going to stay on the, the shelf. And the whole point of a farmhouse cheese is that you know your milk, you know your terroir, you know all of those things. But every make is different because the milk is going to be different mm. because the uh, grass is different. So that's the real joy of it. And the joy is tasting what comes out of the grass on that particular wheat. And cheese making is not simple, is it? I mean, in the sense that exactly, we just talked about the differences in the milk and you know, when I talk to you, I've interviewed cheesemakers and I've been lucky enough to talk to so many for this podcast series. And you just get the sense of the very, you know, so many factors, so many variables, which keeps it really fascinating. But I think lots of people, you know, people who consumers like me who just buy, you know, go to a shop, 
eat some cheese. It's very simple <laughs> what we're doing. We're, we're buying, yes. you know, and it seems terribly easy. We have no idea, do we, of actually, it's really hard, you know, to make cheese is, you know, and to make good cheese. That's a, that's quite a thing, isn't it? Yes, I mean, the interesting thing is that people have been making good cheese for thousands of years and they haven't been going to the School of Artisan Food learning how to make it. They've been uh, going to their fathers, they've been going to other people in the neighbourhood and finding out what does well with the milk. So you don't have to know about the microbiology of cheese making to make a good cheese. But it's so rare now that you have that memory in the community about how to make a good cheese, about what your particular milk is good for, that it is actually now more important, I think, to know about the microbiological basis for the cheese that you're making. And the good thing about Yvan is that he is a microbiologist and he is not at all interested in making uniform cheeses. He's uh, What he's really interested in doing is helping cheesemakers look at the exact environment of their dairy, thinking about what it is, and then instead of cleaning it up if there are problems and starting again, actually putting in different microbes to make the environment more conducive to a safe and happy cheese. How interesting. Yes, that sense when I was talking about the microbes with Bronwyn Percival of Neil's Yard Dairy, and we were discussing this point that, you know, the knowledge of microbiology is relatively recent in the long history of cheesemaking. Yes. Exactly. So, of course, people were making cheese very successfully without, yeah, knowledge of microbes. But I think what's interesting, I suppose one of the reasons I wanted to do on this episode, Alison, is I feel in Britain that the cheesemaking has had quite a battering, hasn't it? Farmhouse cheesemaking is taking a lot of hits. And so in a way, you know, there are lacks. Perhaps we don't have the structures that other countries uh, that have kept a tradition of cheesemaking going have. I, mean, I think France probably comes up. Do you look at other European countries and think they're much better served in Britain you know, we are you. You are doing something really useful by setting up a course like this. Oh, I absolutely do. I didn't realise that Ivan would actually come from Australia to teach the course this year. So I had to look around for other cheese teachers. Luckily, Ivan is coming, so I'm incredibly happy. And we've got a fundamentals cheese course for a week, and then we've got a professional cheese makers course for a week, where people are going to do what Ivan calls speed dating with their cheese. <laughs> They're bringing the cheese in, thinking about little problems or or issues that they're having in their dairies and he's going to look at each cheese and some of the really wonderful cheeses are going to be in that class Brilliant. just thinking about how to titrate things it's very very interesting but before I knew he would come I thought I'm going to have to find another cheese teacher to teach mm. this cheese fundamentals course and I immediately started looking in France oh. not in this country at all because they have the 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 state mechanism with which to teach proper dairy processes right. uh, they have uh, the uh, there's a particular college in northern France where everybody who wants to start to make an artisan cheese or a farmhouse cheese will go to learn the basics and they learn protocols. They, I mean, it, it looks a bit more industrial than what we're doing. But in fact, they have a tremendous respect for the history and the culture and the provenance of the cheeses. And so what would look like quite an antiseptic dairy course really has that history behind it. And the teachers are very, very, they know how to think about subtle issues with cheesemaking. So in a way, it's it's a lack, isn't it? I mean, it, how wonderful that you've got Yvonne to come. And, and it is that really interesting thing with the, you know, when you watch, you know, a revival or a movement in food, you know, the, the structural issues that can 
that can really slow things down. That's, you know, and lack of knowledge. I mean, it was really interesting because I've been talking to lots of people who became cheesemakers, sometimes in the 80s or in the 90s, and they were saying it was really yeah. hard. I mean, what's lovely, I think, about the British cheese world is it seems to be a very collaborative place where people are quite happy to share knowledge and cheesemakers, you know, will work alongside other cheesemakers, let them come and learn, you know. That's, that's completely true. That idea about the collaborative knowledge is really interesting. I think that people are really happy to have people come along and look at what they're doing, but they're also very, very busy. Yeah. So when I was looking for a cheesemaker in this country earlier on in the year, the Specialist Cheese Association said uh, that this was something that was very, very needed, but that the people who could do the teaching weren't actually teachers, they're makers. Mm. And so they're ha very happy to have people come along and, and very, very helpful and cooperative to have people coming along and looking at what they're doing. But they don't really have the specialist cheese-making teaching knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what was missing. Yeah. One of the reasons we started the School of Artisan Food was that we had a very, very good cheese maker here locally, which is um, Joe Schneider, who makes Stitch with ah, me. So he, all of that knowledge was very local to us. And any cheese teacher who comes to us has Joe as a kind of reference point because we've got the dairy herd there. We can look at the milk. We've got raw milk coming into the school every day mm -hmm. so that that can be looked at and, and played with and we can make cheeses with that very good raw milk. Wonderful. And one of the huge pleasures of the first year uh, were the people who went on to make cheese who'd never thought made any cheese before. David Jart, do you know David? Yes. David well, is David has spent his own. <laughs> he's wonderful. He's, exactly. And he was, he came to the school very, very young, mm. straight out of school, Gosh. and did that year with Val. And now he's a wonderful cheesemaker. Yeah. So looking at that kind of thing is so rewarding, actually. Beautiful. That is a wonderful note. Well, thank you for your time because I know you're very busy, Alison. It was lovely to have you on a slice of cheese. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Today on A Slice of Cheese, very happy to have with me Roz Windsor, one of the founding directors of the Academy of Cheese. Good morning, Roz. Morning, Jenny. Now, Roz, I wanted to put the Academy of Cheese on this episode because we're looking at cheese education. So, of course, it had to be here. And it's such an interesting venture. Tell me a little bit about how it came about. And I, your background initially was with Paxton Whitfield beforehand, wasn't it? That's right. I was um, MD at Paxton and Whitfield. Um, back in 2014, a group of us got together because Mary Quick, um, infamous or Famous yes. cheesemaker <laughs> from the southwest yes. had come back. Yes, from a life force, isn't she? Mary? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> had come back from the states, really enthused about the um, American cheese national um, qualification that was being put in place, and said, "We need to have something like this in the UK." Um, and she was knocking on the open doors, um, and so. In 2014, a group of us from the industry got together to talk about what they were doing, to contemplate whether we should join up with them or whether we should do something for ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. And at the end of that meeting, um, there were probably seven or eight of us who said, I really want to be part of this. And I think we need to be doing something specific and different for the UK market. Um, and so... And what was the with... gap that you felt... To... Sorry to interrupt, but what was the gap that you felt would be 
you would be feeling there was a gap then presumably in cheese in sort of formal what cheese education in Britain then. Exactly. I mean, the, the Americans were focusing entirely on the cheese professional, but our market is much smaller. And we felt that actually we didn't want to start with the cheese professional. We wanted everybody to begin with to be enthused about cheese and understand how cheese is a really special product. It's made by hand. It's made with love. It's made in a traditional way that involves time and money. And therefore, if you want to be buying very special cheeses, you need to be prepared to pay a bit more money than you would if you're just buying a block of cheese, perhaps from the supermarket. And in fact, there's a core group of six of us who still remain involved in the academy, driving it forward, and have been doing so voluntarily for the last eight years. Gosh. So um, that's well, because is it run as a charity then? I mean, is that its status? It's not or actually not a, charity. a charity at the moment, but right. it's purely not for profit. So oh, okay. um, right. really dependent on the goodwill of of the industry to have got as far as we have. Fantastic! That's very um, admirable. I mean, that's a lot of time too, and a lot of work on all your on all your parts, which shows, I suppose, how how much it it meant to you, or mean you know carries on meaning to you. Absolutely. And the feedback from things like the Athenaire of the year just reinforce the opportunity to do something really meaningful here. So, it's, no, it's great. We're, we're all very excited about it. You felt that you, you know, and your other partners, the other directors felt there was a gap and then set about, you know, with admirable energy to try and do something to, to tackle that. And so did you did you aim to, to offer courses that were aimed at people working in the cheese world or, or also to the, for the general public as well, or is it both? It's both. We wanted to start off with, um, start at the bottom, if you like, um, mm-hmm. with with courses that were available for absolutely everybody. But we wanted to ensure that there would be a progression through to get us to the position where we could be recognising people who were masters of cheese. Um, and so the Academy of Cheese programme is now comprised of four levels. Level one and level two exist. Level one, um, we've had about three and a half thousand people attend level one. Um, and that's a mix of um, consumers and professionals. Level two, we've had about 300 people sign up to the course. And again, that's real cheese enthusiasts and cheese professionals and we're now working on level three and four so that we hope we can start dripping drip feeding some of the content for that through um, towards the end of this year and into next year and you've got some wonderful people teaching on the courses haven't you I mean that's always what strikes me about the you know there are people who are so knowledgeable and who share their knowledge very well as well which is really important absolutely Um, and I think it's, it's an interesting model because we the Academy of Cheese is putting in place the the content is defining what needs to be covered it puts in place the examinations multi choice tests that people have to do at the end of their courses to mm-hmm. succeed at that level but the academy with the exception of the e-learning um, content which is online um, isn't actually teaching it's encouraging as many training partners as possible to sign up and be accredited to teach our content in any way they like in many ways and to appeal to different markets so that we get a wide range of people 
and involved been... and engaged in yes. in the cheese. Yeah. So have you been taking it abroad? Have you got people, you know, are you finding interest in other countries then as well? Absolutely. Um, mm. When we started off, it was very much UK focused, um, but we now have over 30 trading partners across the world. We've got a trading Gosh. partner in Hong Kong, Ireland, Norway, Portugal, India. And certainly over the last, I guess, two years, since everything has become so much more online, yes. more and more people are signing up to the Academy of Chiefs because it fills a vacuum in many, many countries, not just in the UK. Mm. And how have, um, how has the sort of, the, I don't know, the business world of cheese, how have sort of, you know, is it cheesemongers really, have they, have they taken kindly to, to what you're doing and are, are they interested in, in going on the courses? Definitely. Um, a number of cheesemongers, ourselves, fine cheese company, use this as the cornerstone of their internal training programme. So they would expect all of their staff to, to go through level one and then level two as they um, become more experienced. Um, and a lot of new people into the industry will use this as the basis for their learning. One of the fantastic things has been at Paxton and Whitfield, we've run a huge number of courses, um, but we've recruited a number of great people who came and attended the attended the course as a consumer and ah. then said, oh, I've been bitten by this bug. I want <laughs> yes. to come and work for you. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Isn't that lovely? Because cheese does, it can cast its spell, that's for sure. So, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. yes, I know that myself, even though I mean, I am a, a general food writer and a cheese writer. But yes, it's you know, of all the foods I write about, it, it has a very special place in my heart because it is so fascinating and complex. And I think once you've started learning how much there is to learn about it, then you sort of, you know, that can, you really start going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> quite exactly. <happily>. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it must be, so I was going to say, must be, must be, I was going to say, it must have been a lot of work. I mean, it's not simple to set this up. And did you, did you look at other areas of food? I don't know, you know, in Britain, given your, all your years of experience working in the British food scene, did you see, have you seen similar gaps or did you see examples of where this, this sort of type of education you're offering would really be useful to have? Were they inspirations? Uh, I guess we looked at the Wine and Spirits Education Trust um, and saw how over, what, 30 years or so, that's become the market leader in, in wine education mm. um, and has brought through many consumers to be more passionate about mm. wine and buy more wine um, and given a very clear professional um, track for people in the in the industry. But yeah, and that's a good model, isn't it? Because you say, you know, lots of my friends, have, you know, who are not in the world of wine, but they've done. And I've always thought, oh, I must do that one day. It's one of my things. I'd love to learn more about what I'm, you know, understand more about what do I drink when I drink a glass of wine. Exactly. Um, and the good thing about Wine Spirits Education Trust is it's about the knowledge, but it's also about the taste. And one of the things that we really wanted to um, ensure we brought together with the Academy content and, and levels was both the science and the passion, um, because that's what makes it such a fantastic industry and such a fantastic product is that as you say there's lots behind it but ultimately it's the flavours in your mouth um, and all the different types of cheese that you can taste. And speaking of tasting cheese you and I Ros we were both that you know obviously you were there it was the Affina of the Year award the first ever set up by the Academy of Cheese such an interesting idea to actually cast a light on what's called affinage or 
the maturing of cheese, which, you know, we use the French word because we don't have the English equivalent. And it's a bit of a dark art in a way. And so it was such a clever idea for a competition because I it featured on a slice of cheese last autumn and as a competition where different companies, including Brindisa and Niels Yard Dairy and Paxton Whitfield, were given the same a cheddar cheese from one of Mary Quick's cheddars from the same batch and sent away to mature it for 11 months and then we got you know on Wednesday we got to to see the judging you know I, was, I wasn't judging I was in the audience just watching with fascination but at least it got luckily because there was so much cheddar as they were opened we all got to taste it and it was remarkable wasn't it Rose I just thought to see the differences in in this you know in quotes one cheese had been the way exactly. yeah it was incredible it, it was absolutely incredible and and Perry from um, Rennet and Rind won. And I was delighted for him because in many ways he was the one who had been the most structured, had taken it as a project and wanted to learn from it mm. and wanted to try try things. And that's the exciting bit. It's getting the youngsters involved in the industry, but able to try things, able to test things, able to share them um, with others in the industry. And I think there are two elements to the academy. There's the um, very important and kind of core bit, which is putting in place the training so that people have a professional qualification, but mm -hmm. also doing um, other activities to help people learn. So you talk about the Athenaire of the year, but um, we're hoping in October to be doing the Young Cheesemonger of the oh, year. Again, in October, we're probably going to be um, doing the Big Cheese Weekender. And both, of the, you know, the Big Cheese Weekender is an opportunity for people to listen to experts from the cheese world talking on all sorts of topics. Were you involved in it? I was, last yes, year? yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two years, yes, yes, I yeah. did. Uh, yep, yep. And it was, yeah, it was great fun. I mean, it was lovely. And they, I think there was this little lovely buzz when... You know, when you share an enthusiasm, um, I would also call myself a cheese enthusiast, not a cheese expert. But I, I, um, it was just great when you can share that. It's fun, you know, very rewarding too. So, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? I think that's what's lovely, Ros, that you're absolutely right to have that the form, the importance of a formal structure, but also the fun. You know, have the events, have the competitions that catch the eye or generate interest or give people within the world of cheese, you know, a goal. And and it was very good natured. You know, it wasn't a sort of that was what was a lovely. Um, feeling about that that room where the Athena of the year was taking place was that everyone was so interested in what everyone else had done. So it was not at all about it wasn't sharp elbowed. It was absolutely open minded and engaged and wanting to know more. You know, it was like the love of cheese was the the central feeling in that room. I feel. <laughs> and I think that's one of the fantastic things about the industry is that it has grown up together, um, and there is so much sharing that goes on amongst the artists and cheesemakers and mongers, um, everybody's help each other with the intention of trying to grow the industry as a whole. And I guess if you come back to the academy, that was fine 20, 30 years ago where the numbers were, were, were quite small, but we've now got to a position where there are lots coming into, into the industry and it's not possible to learn just from being with others and moving around the industry, more structured so that people can add on through others to a core of, of knowledge that they gain from something like the Academy. Wonderful. Well, Ross, thank you very much for taking the time to come and talk to us and tell us all about the Academy of Cheese. It's much appreciated. 
a pleasure. Thank you, Roz. <laughs> Bye-bye. OK, thank you. Thanks. Bye. I'm a huge fan of Peter's Yard's crackers and they go beautifully with cheese. All Peter's Yard's crackers are made in small batches using quality natural ingredients and their sourdough starter, slowly fermented for 16 hours for award-winning flavour and crunch. Visit petersyard.com forward slash shop, enter the code slice of cheese at the checkout to receive 25% off your first order. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Savour the crunch of Peter's Yard sourdough crackers. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. Very happy to have with me all the way from San Francisco, Janine Egan of the Cheese School of San Francisco. Hello, Janine. Hello, Jenny. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. It's lovely. Isn't it amazing that we can be talking across thousands of miles? It's so I amazing. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Technology does wonderful things for us. <laughs> when it works. Exactly. Exactly um, when it works. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Janine, tell me, I'm afraid, I don't know the story. What is the story? I'm intrigued. At the Cheese School of San Francisco, I love San Francisco. Francisco. I love cheese. What a great idea. What What is the story behind it? Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much. Yes, it um, is really quite an interesting um, institution. We are the only um, place like it of its kind in the United States. Um, it was started um, quite some time ago, and it really started sort of as, a, as an idea to, um, you know, bring folks into the cheese industry um, as as mongers and like really get oh. mongers educated um, yeah. it was it was partially uh, founded by um, one of the founders of, of the cheese school was Daphne Zeppos who um, Daphne you know also founded Essex Street Cheese Company so she mm. she was um, you know an educator at cheese like you know expert aficionado um, yeah. and she really wanted to bring um, beautiful European cheeses to the United States and educate people about them. So she mm. was really the, you know, the person who kind of started all of this and, and founded it. Um, and unfortunately, Daph Daphne passed away in 2012. Um, but she is, you know, truly a legend and an icon. And uh, we celebrate her every single day. Um, and she really you know, was a big part of She sounds very started. inspiring. Yes. Indeed. Yes. She yeah. she she really, really was. Um and and really she lives on in every single cheese person that you talk to. And I know you talk about cheese people. Um, <laughs> you know, they they all know and love her and and really remember her um and all of her accomplishments and what she brought to to the cheese world. And you know, education is such a big part of it, as you know. Um, mm you know a, a lot of a lot of people so cheese sometimes can be feeling quite fancy and yeah. um you know and it seems not totally approachable to some folks yes. and you know a big part of that is educating people like our jobs uh, as as mongers and as cheese mongers and people who who talk to talk to people about cheese sell people cheese um you know teach people about cheese and all the things um it is our job to educate them and make it more approachable and it's really quite important to do that so um what we do at the cheese school part of, we do we do a lot of different things we are a part part school so we focus on classes um we have public classes where we have folks who come from all over 
you know, the Bay Area, um, as well as, you know, different parts of the United States when they're in town, they want to come and take mm-hmm. classes and stuff. So they're more public classes so that you can sign up online and um, you can take all different things. We do things like Cheese 101, where it's, we basically go through different cheese styles and uh, different milk types and oh, okay. different yeah. you know, types of aging and all the basics, cheese storage, um, how to pair cheese, things like that. Um, you know, the structure of cheese, your rind and your, your cream line and all of that. Yeah. Um, then we do also very specific pairings. So sometimes we'll do like Spanish cheeses and Spanish wines or, uh-huh. um, you know, cheese and charcuterie or, yeah. um, you know, we have cheese and chocolate pairings. We do tons oh, of different types yes. of, yeah, tons of different classes, which are really quite fun. Um, and we and are these aimed? Sorry, to interrupt, but are these aimed at people who want to work in the cheese world, or are they are they aimed at the public, the general public? Who's, you know, like me, like I love cheese, I might want to come along to a class. Yes, who so do they aim for? Yeah. Yes, it, it's a little bit of both. So we have um, the, these public classes are definitely are definitely um, the the cheese enthusiasts are very very you know attracted to them for sure. Yeah. So those people who want to learn a little bit more about cheese, mm-hmm. uh, who love cheese, who want to do something different, those are the folks that come to a lot of our public classes. Uh, we also have a, um, a three-day intensive program. Um, well, now it's it's a fourth day too, but it is uh, really geared towards people who want to work in the cheese business. So it's for folks who are professionals, um, for cheesemongers who start um, you know, like their careers office as mongers and their employer wants to send them to learn more about, right. um, in depth, more about cheese. Um, it's folks who want to open their own cheese shops. Um, mm. We have people who want to start making cheese, you know, so there's all different, all different do you, types do you, of people. Do you offer practical cheese making classes as well then? Yes, yes, we do. Oh, um, yeah, we definitely do that. We have a host of instructors that we love to use to, um, to talk about cheese making so we've done everything from you know kind of your basic like ricottas and mozzarellas and and fresh cheeses mm-hmm. we've done coudas we've done camemberts there's there's, there's there's quite yeah there's quite a selection of of cheese making classes that we've done um in the past and we're just starting now to um you know to sort of like relaunch that program um post post-pandemic of um, course you know, yes post-pandemic but you know we're still, well, we're still in mean. the middle of it a little bit but <laughs> yes. you know what I mean yeah I do know what you mean yeah <laughs> quite, out of yes it. I was wondering how much you worked with this sort of the, the cheese scene in the U.S. Do you have cheesemakers? Are there many cheesemakers in the Bay Area that you can work with mm. and bring them in? Is that how it goes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we've we've worked with, um, you know, there's quite a few really really solid cheesemakers that um, that we've worked with in the United States um, and in the Bay Area. We we have um, you know some some local chefs that we work with. Um, there's an amazing woman named Kirsten Jackson who we work with a lot for cheese making. She's very, very talented. Um, she wrote a, a great book called "It's Not You, It's Brie," um, <laughs> which is really fun. Um, she's she's great. She's a great cheese making teacher. Our whole team, our instructors. But oh. if we want to get really focused on things like like cheese making or um, very very specific like regional pairings or um, you know, we want to focus on something like, you know, know, like thistle rennet cheeses or something. Mm. We'll bring people in specifically who are experts in, in that area, um, just to have it, uh, you know, 
a little bit more robust. Um, and, yes. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? How's the response to the Chief School of San Francisco from, mm. have you found a market, have, are people really interested in what you're offering? Oh my goodness. Yes. We are so lucky. We, you know, we've been in business for like, we're coming up on for 15 years now. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, the school has really gone through quite a lot of changes. It started off really, truly just as a school to educate folks. Um, and then people really were interested in doing more private events around cheese. So, you know, we do tons of different types of um, occasions for folks like private events, private parties, um, team building things, corporate. Um, oh yes, that's interesting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah people love yeah. cheese. I mean, cheese makes people happy at the end of the day. So, <laughs> yes. so it's always a good. It's always a yes, good way. Yes, quite kind of breaks the barriers. Yes. yes, it really does. You know, cheese yeah. and wine, or cheese and beer. Um, yeah. But we also, um, you know, on top of that, we have, um, you know, a really lovely cheese focused catering program as well so we offer all sorts of different um you know beautiful very abundant boards and platters and and beautifully designed things for all different occasions we do tons of cheese wheel wedding cakes which is really quite fun yes they're quite popular in to britain too yes really yeah over the really years fun. yeah it's a big thing now yeah in a way you know it wasn't around you know like yeah yeah it never yeah. used to be it yes, never used quite. to be now, now it's, yeah, it's a clever idea good. yeah it's so, great it's great good. we just did a birthday party too so it's pretty fun um and we also have a um a cheese and wine bar too we're we're located in Ghirardelli Square, which Wonderful. is very you know, central. Iconic. Gosh, yes. iconic. Yeah. Yes, yes, Amazing. really, truly, it's beautiful. We we are home, and Ghirardelli is the home of the original chocolate baker when he came from Europe um, ah. with his family. That we live in his house where he used to live. Yeah, live with brilliant. his family. So you got the chocolate um, so cheese. Quite, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We actually just did an amazing um, event last night with Ghirardelli Chocolate. Um, they re they had a big grand reopening of one of their marketplaces in the center of the square. And it's really beautifully done and redesigned. And they asked us to uh, you know partner with them and to create all sorts of amazing cheese and chocolate pairings. And we just did it last night. Oh, tell really, us, tell really me really one fun. of the pairings. Can you remember? Was there one that like, yes. you thought was great? Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, this unbelievably delicious um, cheese called Liwa, which is a fresh goat's milk cheese from Tamales Farmstead Creamery here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about an hour and a half north of San Francisco. Yes, I know and... Tamales Bay. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, yes. I had friends. I went there as a teenager because I had friends in California. It was so magical. Oh. They had a cabin by the by the bay. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah exactly. Mar- yeah, exactly. miraculous so place. Fun. Golly. It is. Yeah. It's stunning. Chunyin, what was your... So it was, was cheese something you loved before you came to the Cheese School of San Francisco? Or was it something you, or did you come to the school and learn about it and then sort of get involved with the school? Um, so I have like a very interesting um, story history with the school. Um, it's, 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 when I say, when I would talk about it out loud, I'm always like, oh my gosh, what a, what a wild and crazy <laughs> story. Um, I, I used to run, um, global operations for a giant Japanese animation company um, for many years. That's such a cool thing. Just say that casually. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, One of our biggest properties was Pokemon, which most people are familiar with. Um, But yeah, my responsibility is, you know, really kind of run the gamut from everything from human resources to IT to um, administration and mergers and 
real estate and legal and finance, all of the, all, anything that had to do with operations in the back end um, fell into my world. But mm. I got to travel all over, all over the world because I had teams in, in you know, France and Germany sure. and Switzerland and, um, you know, New York and LA and Japan, obviously. So yeah. I got to travel quite a bit. I loved it. Um, and, and in my um, travels, one of the things we had to do, I, I was, my San Francisco team was growing quite a lot and I needed to relocate them. So I, I purchased a movie theater, an old, like iconic movie theater. Um, and it's in the North Beach area of San Francisco, which is very close to uh, where the Chi School is right now. But diagonally across the street from my building where I put my staff was the original location of the Chi School. Oh, and it was in this teeny tiny little um, yeah. apartment, basically, yeah. that was that was directly across the street. And when I wasn't traveling, I would like put fake things in my calendar and then run across the street and do like, a cheese <laughs> class or a fondue class or whatever oh, so they were sort doing. Of, you got fascinated by the cheese bug got you then, did it? Yeah. So, so as a little girl, I grew up in New York city and my, my grandfather was a chef. So we would go um, to little Italy all the time. One of my first like cheese memories was, you know, walking into one of the, um, you know, Italian um, cheese delis. And um, this person was pulling mozzarella and he, and he took it out of the, you know, pulled it out, took it out of the water and handed it to me. And I remember thinking it was like the greatest thing I've ever had. And I think that was probably where my cheese love came from. Um, But because I got to travel to so many beautiful places, I got to experience cheese. And then I was across the street from the cheese school. um, And, you know, I, I became friends with the owner um, who was uh, Kiri Fisher Mm-hmm. So Curie and Daphne were partners, and and soon after Curie came into the cheese school, that was when Daphne um, sadly passed away. Yes, so Curie kind of took the cheese school on her own, and that was yeah. that was at that point where I met her, um, maybe like two years prior, and mm-hmm. um, while well, they were kind of going through all that, and mm-hmm. so I became friends with Curie, uh, th- you know, through it. And while she was growing the cheese school, I would talk with her um, here and there about um, how I could. You know, like she would ask for advice on how to grow sure, her company or moving yes. locations or yeah. how to grow the business and things like that. Um, so we always we always remained friends and I always kept in touch with her. And the Chi School went on to move to a different location in the Mission District here where we shared a space um, for for probably about seven years or so. Right. And then um, eventually moved into Ghirardelli in 2018, into Ghirardelli Square. And at yeah. that point... Um, in, 2012 going backwards just for a second I decided to retire from my job in um in animation um yeah. I you know I loved it I was I was working crazy I was I mean I was 24 7 all around the world I was traveling mm, like six exhausting. six months out of yeah. every year yeah it was a lot yeah. um yeah. and I just wanted to I had some things going on in my in my life and I just needed needed some time and I had to you needed some cheese basically yeah I needed some cheese <laughs> I needed some wine yes. all those things yeah um so that's what I did so I retired and um I decided to go uh take some formal classes with cheese um you know, in cheese, I took some culinary classes. I took some cheese classes. I did the professional program at the cheese school um, mm. and um, went through all of that and then took some time off. I traveled a bit on my own and then um, started working in cheese for Cowgirl Creamery in Oh, I know Cowgirl Creamery. They're in Point yeah. Reyes, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, they are. I met them they years are. ago. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. Because yep. they're, they're, yeah. they're one of the very early 
As they I mentioned, sure it, they? Yeah, yeah, pioneering. They yeah, sure brilliant. are. Yep. Yeah. Peg and Sue, they're, they're incredible. I love them. Oh. So that's where I got my experience in cheese. And then when um, I worked for another um, creamery called Stepladder Creamery, which is down in Cambria, which is down south about four hours of San Francisco, but they have beautiful cheeses as well. Um, and I helped them develop their market farmer's market program um, as they started to, you know, get their cheeses out into the, into the market. So, um, so I worked with them and then, um, Curie asked me to join the cheese school when we, when they moved into Ghirardelli Square, because then, you know, the, it, it became a little bit more robust. Everything was happening yes. at once in that one space. It was, it's giant. Our space yeah. is probably 5,000 square feet. It's huge. Amazing. Um, yeah. And we, you know, we had a cheese counter, we had a full restaurant, we had a very robust catering program. We were doing classes, we were doing events, we're doing all those things. Um, and so I worked with them um, for, you know, about two years, uh, no, about a year, a year and a half before the pandemic hit. Um, and just before the pandemic, Curie announced that she was selling the cheese school. Um, and this was in December of 2019. And the sale was going to go through in April of 2020. And the pandemic, um, you know, oh, yes. in, in mid-March. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of crazy. And they tried to, you know, keep the sale going and, and make it work. But it was obviously, I mean, in San Francisco, it was like shut down. Like mm. nothing was going on. Um, so the sale fell through in the summer, in the late summertime um, of 2020. And it was like August or so. And Kiri was just going to shut the company down because there was nothing she could do, you know. Um, and yeah. She had already gone on to her new career. She's now in interior design and real estate. And that that right. was what her path was. And I really was like, you know what, let me try and come in and save this um, because it's a beautiful it's a beautiful concept. It's an amazing institution. Um, we have so much history in the cheese mm. world and especially, you know, just bringing our, our position is very unique because we don't really compete with anybody. Our job really is to um, lift up the farmers and the cheese makers yes. and highlight them and tell their story and, yes, and yes. get their cheese in front of people. So yeah, um, very important you know, actually. So, yeah, yeah. Especially if it's a sort of, you know, if it's a youngish, you know, bit of the of the food industry and where or or yeah, sort of yeah industry might be the yeah. wrong word for food, but yes, no, if, no, no, if but it's it a is, fledgling yeah. if it's a fledgling cheese world, then you know it needs promoting, doesn't it? And and Absolutely. yeah, and people need to yeah learn Absolutely. about it because yeah. you know our community. It's not just about like the cheese when when you you know you have the cheese in front of you. It is like supporting a much bigger. Um, you know, much bigger community. Like there are the farmers, yeah. there are the cheesemakers. Um, you know, there's all the people who make all the beautiful accompaniments that go with all our yes. cheese, our jams and our wines and our crackers and our meats and all of that. Um, yeah. It's really quite connected. We're 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 so connected, and it's a and it's really truly a worldwide effort, right? Cheese making people are doing it all over the world. We're we're talking about cheeses from all over the world. So. Yeah, it's 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 quite lovely, but it's you know it's one of those things that I felt it was it was important to try and keep it going. Um, yeah, it, good for you. It, you know, yeah, it's it's been a wild, crazy, incredibly challenging ride. We're still, you know, we're still in it. We're we're kind of um, you know in the in the just in the middle of. Um, you know, we're kind of surviving and just moving towards stabilizing right now. And hopefully we'll, we'll be back to full, full blown thriving very soon. Wonderful. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's, 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 it's been, it's been very 
fun, a truly a labor of love. Probably the most difficult thing that I've ever done. And I've done some really incredibly crazy things <laughs> in my career. But this, you know, is it's really, it, yeah. truly, yeah. And it's and it's the most important thing I've ever done. And I feel like it's very, um, you know, I, I have to do my best for all the well, cheesemakers in the world, you know, like, and just really be able to try and make this, this happen. And also make, you know, folks really... I, I, it's important to me to develop the education program even more and, you know, get people excited about working in cheese and make it like a really, yes. truly viable career because people, you know, like retail or cheese or food industry usually, historically doesn't pay as well I as know. everything else. And it drives me nuts. I really want to get into the community and create a kids program um, and get kids, especially um, kids in underserved communities, um, you know, involved in this some way to get them out to the farms and have a connection with their food there's lots cheese, to do isn't there yeah there's yes. so much to yeah. do you know? brilliant. I, I can hear your energy and passion that's brilliant so, <laughs> oh well listen Janine, well, I wish you all all the best and that was it was wonderful to hear the story I shall, I'll keep track and um, yes yes and follow it do. so yeah and if please I get to come do. back to Cisco I will definitely come in and uh, oh my goodness please anytime it would be lovely right. to have you um it would be great to have you in San Francisco anytime. And um, oh. please keep in touch. And thank you so much for the opportunity to talk with you. No, it's I, lovely. I, I'm thank really you. Really so grateful. Take care then. Thank you. All right. Bye. Online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again. This is Food FM. This morning on A Slice of Cheese, very happy to welcome an old friend of the programme back to it, Sam Wilkin, cheese advocate. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Jenny. Thanks for having me back. No, it's always a pleasure to talk cheese with you, Sam. Sam, this week uh, on A Slice of Cheese, we're looking at the idea of food education and how cheese knowledge is shared. There are obviously quite some quite formal ways of doing that through courses. But I thought it is to be interesting to talk to you about sharing cheese knowledge in, a, in sort of perhaps in more informal ways. And I know that's something that you do as part of your work. I was thinking of cheese tastings, but, but also, you know, podcasts. What, you know, what's, what are your thoughts about it? Because cheese, I think lots of people don't realise quite how fascinating cheese is until they get the chance to unpick it a bit with someone who's very into it. I mean, I see the work that I do almost as, as telling stories as much as giving people specific you know, scientific knowledge about how cheese is made. You know, there's wonderful places like the Artisan uh, School of Food and the Cheese Academy who can give you real in-depth knowledge. But I think my role, in a sense, is to tell those stories about the people and the places. And I do that in various different ways. Um, I make short films, I make podcasts, lots of different ways for people to access and feel like they know the people. I think that's really important as well, is there's a lot of focus placed on the product, particularly at the end of the chain, where it's sitting on a beautiful cheese board in a nice restaurant with a gorgeous glass of wine. But actually, I think the more people understand the real passion and graft that goes into making this amazing product, the better. And I think as well, cheese is an amazing product to me. And the, the more work I do, particularly with makers, the more I'm realising that actually it's a bit like that thing of, you know, what am I talking about when I talk about cheese? Is it, actually it's <laughs> this amazing lens to view all sorts of different things. You know, I, I have discussions with makers about sustainability, about how to run a business, about man management, all of these different, you know, farming practices. These are mm. all things that you can talk about in real depth using cheese as a lens. And I think there's an amazing opportunity there to really engage people, first of all, with something delicious and then to get deeper into it and, and 
and and help them understand what actually goes into making that that beautiful cheese. I th- yeah, I think you and I probably share that you know that fascination. I think with the with the cheesemakers and the people, as you say, the, this hard work and also the yes, the people who make this fascinating food. You know, with such commitment. Thinking of cheese mm. tastings because one of the things you're very good at, Sam, is cheese is pairing cheese, and that is a source of fascination. So I'm guessing you have you know you must have held a lot of of cheese tasting, cheese pairing sessions. Is that something that you enjoy doing? And what do you think people sort of take away from something like that? I mean, yes, absolutely. I, 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 I love doing those tastings. They're a great way to communicate directly with people. It's wonderful to be doing them again in person as well, not just online, mm. because then I can be sure that we're all tasting. Then I can be sure that we're all tasting the same thing. I, I, I think as well, it, it's, it's, it's the opportunity to show people that there's a world out there that is greater than, than cheese and wine. You know, we've talked about other, other drinks that you compare with cheese on a previous episode. But I think, again, it's that opportunity to go, you know, this is delicious. This is a wonderful thing that we're sharing together. But let me tell you about the people who make it. And I genuinely think that's when people become truly engaged. I'm in the middle of a really, I think, exciting project at the moment that's focusing in on, on cheddar as a specific style. I'm sort of viewing the project. The ultimate goal is to blend decider that is the perfect pairing for cheddar but of course what is cheddar and the moment you ask that question you open yourself up to a whole literally a whole world of cheeses so i've opened this up this this tasting up if you like globally so people in the states tasting there's people in australia tasting so we're all having this global conversation around what is cheddar um, and it's really interesting that actually a lot of the ideas that are coming back are, are there is a commonality there. And so uh, for me, I'm asking, well, how has cheddar spread across the world? You know, what are its origins? What are people's expectations of cheddar? I mean, in a sense, cheddar is almost, you know, like in a film, it's almost like the MacGuffin. It, it's the thing that, that drives the narrative. So we're almost talking about things beyond cheddar now. And then the next stage is when we've worked out what cheddar actually is in its soul, we're going to blend a cider with it. But in a sense, yes, a product at the end of it to sell so it's commercial but also it's an opportunity to have these kind of conversations that that perhaps are not possible in a more kind of formal isolated to a one or two day course that's interesting i mean you're a very good communicator sam so and i think you have you know you've got that ability to share your enthusiasm for cheese very wonderfully which is you know which is great which i think is a great converter isn't it and so is this is your your work you know which sounds again very varied you know if you're making films making podcasts um doing tasting events is i do you enjoy your work as a sort of cheese advocate enthusiast i mean i love my work it's uh, you know i'm i'm self-employed freelancer so it's very varied it can be uh interesting at times financially because you're never 100 mm. percent sure where the next you know the next next paycheck's coming from but you know it is extremely varied I mean you know you asked me before we went we started recording you know how shall I introduce you and uh, it's a struggle because I don't have a specific job title I suppose you know cheese is at the center of everything I do but as I said it's it's a lens it's a lens through which to discuss all sorts of other things uh yeah I mean probably this won't be in in the project but I'm actually going to speak to uh, a pretty visionary primary school in West London about how we get more cheese and cheesemakers into primary schools because I think the the big thing I come across the major question that no one seems to be able to answer is you know why why is it so expensive and there are good reasons why it's so expensive mm. uh, but but the the conversation around cost and value is tricky and actually I think if you engage people at a young age you know before their spending patterns are are, are set I mean we as a nation spend a much smaller percentage on food than any other nation in Europe uh, you know 
working that out and getting people enthusiastic and, and, and sort of educated about the opportunities out there in terms of what these cheesemakers are doing to make these products, I think the better. So watch this space for that project. It's, it's happening, but very much behind the scenes. That sounds very exciting and very important as well. And what is, and making the films sound, that must be quite fascinating. I mean, a lot of work, mm. I'm guessing. But is, again, is that something that you're enjoying this? Again, it's obviously a chance for storytelling, you know, it, with, with a wonderful medium that, yeah. that, you know, that, that shows us what, you know, incredible things. So that must be very exciting for you. I mean, yes, I love, I love the filmmaking. I love the podcast making because, you know, the filmmaking, it's, it's me a camera, a radio mic and a tripod. And, and I just, you know, we, we sort of select an individual. This is with Farm Dairy. We select an individual and I basically tail them for the day. I've got an idea in my head of what I want to achieve in terms of telling their story, uh, you know, what questions I want to ask them. But I, I have to be led by what happens. Mm. So it's very sort of, you know, I'm, I'm director, cameraman, sound man, editor, all of those things, all in one, you know, slightly stressed package. And uh, and it's just I'd like it, to it, slightly stressed because you were sounding a bit opportunity just to, yeah. well no it's, it's always a certain amount of but that's the fun that's the adrenaline of it really is you go right I've got you know twenty four yeah. hours to capture off to make a nicely put together short film or podcast and you know that's the pressure yeah we need that pressure don't we it's quite it's yeah it's very exciting it's lots of performance pressure you know even if you're behind the mm. camera often than in front of it it's still a performance isn't it and I think you know what's interesting isn't it in the age of social mm. media where people can share you know video clips and interviews and bits of text you know really widely, really easily. This is very exciting. And if we go back to what I was, this whole programme is looking, this whole episode is looking at the idea of, in a way, cheese knowledge and, you know, how do you share it, whether it's practical or how to make cheese knowledge or an insight into, you know, the world of cheese that you're living in. This is sort of a really exciting times, isn't it? Yeah, it's fantastic. I think, I think what I love is, you know, it's one of the outcomes, frankly, of the pandemic is that, you know, Johnny Crickmore put it really well. He said, if, a, you know, cheesemakers didn't have a website before the pandemic, pandemic they certainly do now and and they might be selling their cheese through that you know lots more makers you're seeing on social media and it's you know I always say any kind of you know someone new to the to the industry frankly a great way in is to follow all the cheese makers that you can and just see what they're talking about because they love to tell their story some of them are I guess more committed to that than others in terms of the amount of time they actually spend on it Mm -hmm. but it's a really great way in to understand not just how they make their cheese but what you know what their thinking is what they want to achieve what their ambitions are who they are as people where they're farming the landscape the animals all of these things and yeah so I think social media is a is a fantastic tool and I, and I do believe that it's a tool I think if it's if it's just a kind of a medium for consumption it, I, I, I worry about it a little bit but I think if you are actively putting things out there and, and helping educate people about you know what's going on it's an incredibly brilliant tool to bring people together and to broaden people's understanding and knowledge of the industry. I'm always fascinated by how much information not just for cheese because I'm a food writer not just a cheese writer but you know how much information people you know wonderful knowledgeable people are sharing you know really engagingly really interesting online you know it, it's it's you know I'm always learning stuff and I think yeah I think it's wonderful well Sam that sounds brilliant thank you very much that's a lovely a really interesting insight into you know I suppose a less formal way of of spreading cheese knowledge so well done keep up the good work <laughs> thank you Sam thanks Jenny thank Take you very care. much bye-bye bye now to find out more about Food FM and our content go to foodfmradio.com Thank you so much for listening to A Slice of Cheese. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed it, it would be lovely if you could 
rate us on wherever you've found this podcast. It will make such a difference to us. So I hope you'll enjoy us again. Thank you very much.